Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. everybody welcome to another edition of the only podcast i am your co-host austin smith joined as always by your other co-host john kirby you can find us on twitter at ac smith 06 and at john underscore kirby and as always follow the mothership at the only colors john it's august which means which means ah msc football uh, this month it's close this very month it's close within this calendar month some would say it's not far I'm excited. I'm extremely excited. Um, you know what I'm not excited about? Tell me. Um, tell me now. Whatever is in the news. It always seems mm. to be bad and MSU football related. Mm, the news generally bad. Well, the news cycle. I mean, what you got people getting hurt. You got yeah. two new mantras coming out. No bueno. A you lot know. of a lot of things to talk about here. So, um, give you guys a little preview. It's going to be a football heavy one. Today, um, touch on a little bit of basketball recruiting, and then uh, we're going to do a little Q&A at the end. Threw, threw it out there to the the dozens of listeners that we have. Literally dozens. Literally dozens. There are dozens of us. Um, it's an arrested development. That, yeah. Shout, shout out. What shout out? out Tobias. Um, and so, we appreciate all the responses we got, and we're going to get to as many uh, as we can. But first, foosball. Uh, let's talk about it. A, lot of, uh, a couple few things happened since the last time we uh, we were on here a week ago. Uh, the first of which was the 2018 mantra was announced. Um, this was actually a question that we received. If we yeah. liked, oh yeah, great if, point. So we decided to put it underneath. Uh, do we like this? Just jump right into it. Do we like this? The nah. the, the, the mantra is heave. Heave. Now in the past, mantras have been things like chase it. Chase it. Just Forever. Which was great. Uh, you will be the ones I think may have been one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all sorts of really cool stuff. And then heave. heave. Um, it's interesting, John. Your opinion, please tell the people. Generally, when I hear heave, I'm thinking of me in my worst times, <laughs> where I'm having a, my stomach isn't loving what I've been putting into it. <laughs> Ironically, I assume some of those times have to do potentially with Michigan State athletics in some, some, ex- some way or another. Almost exclusively. <laughs> um, yeah. So I do not love it. I'm not going to be buying a, a heave, you know, related uh, hat. But, <laughs> but you know what? Um, it's not a, Hey, 
Whatever Listen, gets you going. Man. Whatever, yeah. I mean, Heave is fine. Um, I will say, uh, I see some, uh, you're talking about negative recruiting. Mm. I see some negative recruiting mm. possibilities with Heave. Like, okay, so on the good on the good side, there sure. there's could be, and I'm sh- assuming, hopefully will be, that moment when, you know, Brian Lewerke throws a 70-yard bomb to fill. Heave. Some huge, and you just hear everybody scream, Heave, or like, you know, it's used, it'll be all over Twitter. It's going to happen, hashtag Heave. Yep, yep. But... There's also that downside. If MSU blows a game, the alternative definition will almost definitely be used. And Michigan State heaved all over themselves. Something to that. What I don't want to do is have to watch this team and be the second definition of heave, which is produce a sigh. Yeah. And I don't. (sighs) We've all been there. Let's avoid that. That's half of my mood when I watch Michigan State is just. Half of my mood is actually um, your, I believe your your Twitter Abby. Yeah, <laughs> sheer fear. It's my perma mode, just oh. like dragging dragging your hands across your face, like oh my god. You know what's weird is like, and let's take a step back. Like the my one of my favorite things is you know sports, specifically Michigan State hot sports. Take. Hot take. You know and. And, you know, so much so that I talk about it to dozens of people. Wow. So, you know, I think what's interesting is that the thing that I like the most, I can, I hate watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. How little joy. I mean, it, it's interesting. It's funny. Like, you know, we're a couple of weeks out now from the season, but obviously, if you're listening to this, you've probably been thinking about the football season for just as long as we have, which is to say since the day it ended last year. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people would agree that going into this season feels very different. Yes. In a lot of, in, in a lot of you know, allegedly good ways uh, from a season ago. I get afraid. I, well, that's just it. Oh. So I think there's this level of like, mm-hmm. we've talked about expectations and all those things before. And, um, you know, going into last year, I think a lot of people were just like, I mean, I just hope the football team exists and now this year you're looking at it and you're like okay this this squad is you know as we're gonna get into here pretty pretty stacked pretty good (laughs) and uh you look at the schedule and you look at kind of the positions some of the other teams are in some stuff we're gonna talk about in the next couple weeks as we get actually very close to kickoff and you think uh, like there's a pretty good chance of this team you know the the stars are aligning a little bit and yes, that's great. That's what you want every single year. That's what every team dreams of having. But there is definitely a side of extreme nerves oh, that absolutely. comes with that. Because everybody listening to this remembers the years, you know, most of the Antonio era when yeah. Michigan State's expected to win a lot of games. Last year, very different. Everybody kind of enjoyed that 10-3 and three ride, that wave. It was just the ultimate high coming off of all that crap from the 3-9 and nine yep. season. Hey, folks, welcome back to Expectations. Because they're back. They're back. You know what's also funny is, and Austin can attest to this, especially from the basketball season, um, this is the part of the year where I will wake up and be 100% convinced there's 0% chance this team could do any wrong. Oh, yeah. And then the next day, (laughs) not be sure how we will be able to feel the team. Are there 11 <laughs> players on each side of the ball that can it. play I the ha- game of football? I haven't seen them with my eyes. Seen, I don't know them. <laughs> so. This observer has no idea. I, you know, so this is the scary part of this, the, yeah. the offseason. It's, it's silly season where, you know, hope springs eternal. And, you know, when you see all of these preseason polls, which mean nothing, 
Michigan State's counting yeah. somewhere between 10 and 14. 12. I've pretty much seen 10 to 12 in every single poll so far. Yeah, I mean, the expectation's back. Ooh. I like it. I mean, it, it, Today. It, it's much better. It's more fun to have, in the moment, have those expectations because every game means, not means more, but just you, you feel like you are where you are supposed to be as a program. Oh, yeah. So, that being said, um, we got some football to talk. So the the first topic we want to cover today, before we get to Michigan State in particular and talk about the actual roster, is um, there's a new redshirt rule. We talked about it last week a little bit, um, but but in, in case this is new to you, um, freshmen can play four games this it's year true. and and still maintain a redshirt uh, eligibility, meaning they get four full years afterward. Yes, um, and they don't have to be consecutive games. They can just be four interspersed. D'Antonio had a comment. Yeah, specifically tying this back to Michigan State, Mark D'Antonio came out and said, um, initially at least, he says he's more likely to use players late in the season rather than early. Now this is, we did touch on this in our last pod, um, kind of putting it out there and in, in about how the fact that this rule opened some really interesting doors. And one of those doors was we were talking about, hey, maybe there's some guys late in the season who are just coming on. Yep. And you're like, hey, we could really use these guys. In the past, not really an option. You'd have to do some serious finagling, which I know teams have done. Mm-hmm. But this gives you a legitimate door to go through where, let's say, there's a true freshman defensive lineman who's just getting after it. Um, is that something now that, you know, it sounds like, based on what we've read, that D'Antonio has said that, like, Hey, that's that's something that I'm not going to be afraid to use. Well, and we also talked about how this would be a good opportunity to steal reps yep. in the in the slogs of the middle or to 100%. the end of the season. So um, you'll probably start to see we will all start to see some names and faces towards the mid to end of the season that we hadn't seen yet. And do not fret; they will have four more years. Yes, afterward. But that's super exciting. I mean, like I don't know for nerds like me and you, like. Seeing these freshmen, these kids that you know, you if you follow recruiting, these are kids that you've heard about for yep. two years, yeah. most likely at least. Um, to get the chance to see them when they first, you know, upon like like in their very first year, as opposed to having to wait an entire year in another offseason, which feels in the world of college football like a friggin' millennium. Um, to to get to see them right away is is exciting, and to to get these kids coming out of nowhere, it's almost like a trade deadline. In a Kings cool get, way. Yeah, you yeah know? that's a good way of putting it. So it's, that's exciting. And, and I think uh, I expect Mark D'Antonio to make good use of this, as, as we've, we've covered before. So uh, a true freshman last year that burst onto the scene, mm-hmm. um, we got some bad news about. Yes. Mr. Josiah Scott uh, will be out for at least two months, according to D'Antonio. Non-contact injury. In fact, we don't even know what happened. We don't. Um, but that, more importantly, kind of looking to tomorrow, what does that mean? Well, it means uh, maybe some of those younger guys are going to get a, an opportunity a little sooner than they thought. Yeah, it means you're going to hear some names um, that you probably aren't all that familiar with. So hit me with Very them. early. So um, obviously, just to take a macro view of it, listen, losing your starting one of your starting cornerbacks, a, a Big Ten all-freshman player, but a stud in every right. Brutal. It's not great. Um, spin zone, losing him at, at this point. Right, that's exactly right. Losing him at this point is better than losing him in the middle of the season, in my opinion. Yeah. 
especially at this point in training camp, because you look at it in a, a couple different ways. First, um, he's in all likelihood, if we look at the schedule, if you talk about two months, now this was announced on August 7th, talking about two months from that day, you're looking somewhere around uh, the weekend of October 6th, probably best case scenario. Now that is Michigan State's first Big Ten game against Northwestern. Second. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. Second Big Ten game. Uh, is against Northwestern. So that's their fifth game of the season. For the first time ever, their early bye week kind of pays off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's there's do your, it. There's your spin zone. Um, and so in all likelihood, you're talking about Josiah Scott coming back somewhere in the stretch of Northwestern at home, at Penn State, Michigan, on, or Michigan at home, and then Purdue at home. Somewhere in that stretch, probably closer to the beginning. I would, I mean, based on the initial timeline, probably, hopefully, hopefully best case scenario. But we don't even know the injury. Well, that's just it. So. Like, we, we don't really know. And non-contact could mean anything. I would, I'm going to go ahead. I'm not really speculating here necessarily, but typically non-contact means lower body. Sure. I mean, really, if you're running and you're not hit I by get, anybody. You honestly, kinda, Austin, I get non-contact injuries all the time. That's actually a great point. And I'm hurt. For a while, I'm most I I'm mostly hurt <laughs> on a day to day. Yeah, on a day to day. Lower back hurts just walking down the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. But think, regardless of whether we younger, know, though. he's he's good. True, he should be able to bounce back. Now, if we look at again that that kind of range, you're probably looking somewhere between Northwestern and Michigan. Um, sure, would be nice to have back before at Penn State. But in the meantime, you're talking about four to five, maybe even as many as six games that he could be missing. There's a lot of names that are going to be thrown about, and a lot of guys that are going to play minutes that he can't that he can't play. Um, well, so who do you think? Well, I guess let's just jump right into sure. You know, what, then who, then who? So I think there are there's honestly there's at least five or six names of guys that are going to now obviously get more reps than the other uh, than or than they would have previously mm-hmm. gotten. The top two who I think are probably vying for that you've heard the most about or immediately vying for that starting spot are Josh Butler, who is an upperclassman, I believe. I believe he's a junior now. Been around, played a lot of snaps uh, throughout his career. Obviously been sitting behind some really good players. Um, but he is he's probably going to get a chance. And then a lot of the early hot talk is around Shakur Brown, who was a very late, I think he was the last addition to last year's recruiting class. He ended up redshirting. Um, but people are saying that this kid has speed and size and is just really playing well and standing out from the defensive backs, which is considering the defensive backs that are in-house, pretty impressive. Austin, you and I both have been chomping at the bit for this kid to get playing time. Yes. If only because we only care about nicknames. Yes. So many opportunities mm-hmm. for Shakur Brown. I think Hail Mary is probably the best one. Okay, there. Come with me. I mean, there's a, you're not going to go wrong. <laughs> you can't them. really get wrong. Or just Tupac. And, well, I think it's a little too on the nose. Nah, it might be too <laughs> So we'll think about that. So see if he gets Pac? in. If any, yeah, there you go. I kind of like Hail Mary. I just hope no one throws a Hail Mary on him. Well, he's going to swat it down. I get it's it. It's literally his job. See, I get it. Listen, just put it out there. If you got ideas for Shakur, besides just Shakur. Which is awesome. Which is fine. Shaq. All name team. Yeah. So, I, regardless of the name, I think you're going to see a lot of him. Uh, whether he gets the starting position or not, I think you'll you'll see a decent amount of play from him. And then beyond that, you're talking about some other redshirt freshmen and true freshmen. You've got redshirt freshman Davion Williams. Kid from Belleville, uh, redshirted a year ago. You I mean honestly though? You pick a kid out on a roster, it's 
he may have gone to school there. Yeah, that's High a percentage. great point. <laughs> Davion Williams, and then you have the two f- true freshmen in Kalon Gervin and Xavier Henderson. Now, there's been some debate and you know some early playing uh, of Xavier at a little bit of safety, so not sure where those guys will eventually end up going, but you got to think they'll probably get some more reps at corner now that Scott has gone down and we're mm-hmm. still pretty early in camp. Um, good news for them is they didn't come here to sit anyway. They didn't sure. come to Michigan State to sit. They came to play, and now that window has opened up. So if you're ready to go, I mean, we saw with Josiah Scott, listen, we're treating him like this really known commodity because we watched him play really well for a year. He came out of absolutely nowhere last year. I mean, did you You couldn't possibly tell me that you expected him to do what he did. I mean, all we the only thing I would say is like, and for what take it with a grain of salt is people saying he looked great in camp, but we hear that every I mean, year you hear it every some, single year from somebody. Doesn't mean that it hits. So right. you're to your point. Yeah, we, there wasn't a ton of. Yeah. So you've got a lot of size. You've got a decent amount of experience. You still have Justin Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Justin Lane's going to see a whole lot of balls thrown his way for the first six weeks of the season. Someone's going to get picked on one of the yep. names that you just said. And, so. and, and they got to be ready. And and I think a scary part of this is that um, there was another injury in the front four yep. that is is taking away from an already not overly deep position group, and that is uh, defensive end Dylan Alexander, who sustained a foot injury. I prefer to call him Dylon. Dylon. Great point. Dylon. Dylon. But that's a Chappelle Show reference for everyone. For anybody under the age of <laughs> 30. So that that one, you know, while he may not be the uh, most impactful injury or excuse me player mm-hmm. of the two injuries potentially more uh deep cutting you know repercussions from it so that therein lies uh the rub what do, what happens here austin you know, where, where yeah do we go? again i think this opens up the door for you know some names you may not have be all that familiar with um one you probably are and that's jacob panashuk uh brother to mike um we should only recruit siblings i feel like that's already part of the game plan. Between the Allens, the Panachooks, so the Dowels, the, you know, Bullets, It's just easier everybody. for everyone with names. You know, for better. me, I'm always thinking about me. You know? Right, of course. I look out for number one, yeah. and, it, and I appreciate the last names to remember. Yes, it's much easier. So, Jacob, Jay, Jay. Panachook, um got a decent amount of playing time as a true freshman last yeah. year. I wouldn't be surprised... I won't be shocked if he wins a starting job. Now, I'm not sure Alexander would have been the starter because one of those positions is wide open. With Demetrius Cooper going, you've got Kenny on one, Kenny Willekes on one side. Other also, side... Sorry. Yeah. We just had two guys that came out of absolutely nowhere. I know. And are just... This, coming into this year, were <laughs> stuck. If you would have told me a year ago that I'm talking about Kenny Willekes being an impact returner and getting really nervous about just Scott getting hurt. I would have thought things went horribly wrong yeah, last we, year. Not how bad really were well. we? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. We won four games. Yeah. Did we? Did we win four games? Yeah. Um, but fast forwarding to this year, I think Jacob Panashuk has a decent shot at a starting job. Uh, there was a lot of talk around Justice, Justice Alexander. Great name. Fantastic. Strong. Name. Fantastic name. Uh, he played pretty well in spring. Haven't heard a ton about him in the fall yet. Um, admittedly, not a lot of, not very deep into camp here. But um, the door's wide open between those two. And then the, the sleeper pick here is redshirt freshman Diari Todd. Uh, he was a flip from, I believe, Boston College late in the year last, late, late in the recruiting cycle last year. I think it was a signing day flip. Um, then he redshirted a year ago. 
but the kid's got size. So he may not be your prototypical, you know, long defensive end, but he's he, he's a big fella, and everything you read about him is he has real quick feet. So um, I think between one of those three, you're, you're looking at probably the starters coming from that group. Um, now, I think this does also open up a really interesting door, and, and something you saw MSU experiment with against Washington State in the bowl game, and that is some more odd man fronts. Like, mm. you you talk about Michigan State defense and everything, honestly, yeah, you talk about the no-fly zone, you got a deep group of linebackers, but the three best players on that defensive line are all defensive tackles in Raekwon Williams, Naquan Jones, and Mike Panashuk. Or Kenny. Kenny Willekes, he's also yeah. very good. Yeah. So, um, but... You, those are your, those saying. are your four best players. There is a way to mix and match that group of four mm-hmm. that can put three really good players. And honestly, Kenny is good enough where he could stand up and be a rush defense defensive end, or excuse me, outside linebacker in a two point stance. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you have him on one side and an Andrew Dahl on the other, or a Brandon Randall. The point that I'm making with all these different names is that you have a lot of front seven talent that fits a little more of that scheme and you can get a little more exotic you know now that harlan barnett uh is is in florida state r.i.p r.i.p um you got mike trussell there maybe he wants to get a little more exotic you really don't know this is this is kind of speculation but it does open an interesting door that you saw them experiment with a little more last year well, it just kind of, of year. forces your hand a little more to, to experiment right mm-hmm. so that that's where that's where the speculation comes from so, um, you know, hopefully we don't hear too much more about any more injuries. This yeah, time, ideally none. That's just kind of, it's unrealistic. I mean, yeah. But, you know, we'll be here to let you know what happens and maybe what the, the repercussions are. You know, one thing, I'm going to move on to the next segment. What I want, I think we wanted to do here was to, uh, in the weeks leading up to the games, we have, you know, probably this pod and three more before we actually hit our first game, which mm. is awesome. And, um... We want to hit two position groups per game, yeah. or excuse me, per week. Um, you just kind of talk about who, who's to know, who's coming back, who might be a new face, and maybe what we expect from them yeah. um, this year. So this week, we're going to do uh, combined quarterbacks and receivers, and feeling pretty good about these two. Uh, the passing game, this is a hot take, passing Uh-oh. game should be pretty good. Um, it, it, it's, a, again, it's... It is really crazy to look back on last year and realize that these names coming to last year were like, who are these? Who are these people? Like yeah. we kind we kind of knew Brian Lewerke, we kind of knew Felton Davis, but the tone going into last year, as opposed to the tone going into this year, in terms of these exact same personnel, very different. Um, so it's if we true. if we start with the quarterbacks, this this is a position group that you ha- I mean. So at the top, you got to be excited about it. Yeah, and there, but you know, let's let's fill in. You know, we know who QB one is. Yep, there Brian are some Lewerke. changes in the offseason. Absolutely. Um, and just for the record, there is a we've talked about it a little bit on the pod in the past. Uh, how I'm not sure, or maybe not. Maybe this is just on Twitter, but um, the quarterback group nationally is not all that strong this year. Honestly, if you go around the, the country. If you go you, ahead and try and name your top five quarterbacks, you, you mean for NFL talent? Yeah, next level. No, but I mean sure. even even starting quarterback talent in, but you, there are just not that many household names. Yeah, you're probably gonna, you're gonna, I can. I'll just give you. a Go couple. ahead, give me a couple. And, and here's why: because the names I'm going to give you um, might not blow your socks off. 
Trace McSorley, Penn State quarterback, um, respected nationally. Sure. Um, then you have uh, Jake Fromm, the freshman, the sophomore from Georgia. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he can repeat what he put together as a freshman last year. Our one of our favorites, Khalil Tate from Arizona. Yeah, big fan of Khalil Tate. And then you have Will Greer from West Virginia, mm-hmm. who's you know we don't know what to make quite yeah. of West Virginia. I mean, other names include Drew Locke of Missouri, Justin Herbert from Oregon. Like it or not, Shea Patterson from Michigan is going to get a lot Haskins of hype. Dwayne Haskins. But the point with all of those players, you're talking about guys that are either really young and have played with great teams, a la from, or not necessarily like lock at the top of an NFL board type guys. They don't have a lot of Marcus Mariota's, guys of that nature. Um, even a guy like Baker Mayfield, you don't really have that coming back. Well, I mean, maybe, I guess, Trace McSorley. But the point I'm trying to make is that Brian Lewerke, if you're looking at a starting quarterback across the landscape of college football, I don't know that it's going to get a whole lot better than that. And there's a Twitter account out there, uh, I don't remember his name, but the writer, is his handle is Grinding the Tape, yep. who did a full breakdown of Lewerke. And, yep. and I think we all, as Michigan State fans, probably understood that this guy was really friggin' good last year. Yep. Really good. Really good. And we've seen some great quarterback playing. He was, a, he was there. We're going to talk so, about that quarterback play a little later. Yeah, we are the the great quarterback. We are, and um, but this guy did. He's just done a phenomenal job breaking down uh, specific instances where Brian Lewerke is next level type talent. So when you look at MSU's depth chart at quarterback, there's no way you can't be thrilled with number one. So number two, number two is where it gets interesting. Two and three is where it gets real interesting. I think um, you know coming into camp um, with with uh, Messiah DeWeaver transfer. Yep, and um, if you, if anyone's a Last Chance You fan, yeah, were you? A, oh yeah, I watched okay. it. I, yeah, absolutely. So, so I believe Messiah transferred to East. He Mississippi. did EMCC the EMCC. year after they go away from it. Well, Sad. maybe they'll go back. I hope so. Um, you know, while he's there, but you know, and the reason to go there and instead of a, um, you know, another Power Five school, yeah. which you probably could have gotten an offer. Oh, but you absolutely. have no tape. Okay, and what he well, you also at, retain your eligibility. Well, that and you want to have. To be able to prove and show tape, and if you've seen Last Chance U, it's just a it's a show of basically a lot of D one talent that for whatever reason didn't work out. Some transferred, like Messiah's case, some maybe academics, some got in trouble. They're, it's very high level football, and the idea you know you go there and you go there maybe for a year or maybe two, and you get an offer. That is the route Messiah took. Unfortunately, um, we missing out on him this year, so that elevates Rocky Lombardi likely to the number two spot. The the mover of chains. For our Game of Thrones, I, I don't wow. know if I busted that out here yet, no, but you I just, feel really you did it good so, about it. So like nonchalant, the mover of chains. Any Game of Thrones fans here, look up Rocky Lombardi and tell me he's not a Targaryen. Kissed by the sun. Kissed by the sun. Kissed by fire. He is. The, he has platinum, platinum blonde hair. That's he is what's fantastic. called flow. Oh, it's it's incredible. As but the on the but on the football field. Um, we haven't well. We haven't seen a ton of them. I mean, you've never seen him in a in an actual game. It was in the spring game. Uh, in the spring game, you know, again, really tough to draw conclusions yep. for a spring game because you're working with second team offensive linemen, second team receivers, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you saw that he's got a, uh, a rocket. Dude has an arm. Now, a lot of quarterbacks can say they have an arm. It's a matter of whether you can throttle it in. Whether Jamarcus you can, Russell right. comes to mind. <laughs> exactly. Um, kid's got a rocket. You've seen him made some, make some impressive throws, 
but it's about uh, you know understanding the offense and and knowing when to use that weapon and when to not. Um, and behind him, so so I don't. I mean, you, you shouldn't. Ex- you should hope to not see him. Not to say he's not going to be capable, but I think when you when we talk about him or the the third stringer Theo Day, who we'll get to in a second, if either of them, if either of them end up playing significantly, you have to adjust your expectations for this team. Well, yeah, not I just, think it's a because of Lewerke being yeah. just that good, yep. and b these guys just don't have any. I mean, they have well, no experience. Well said. So Theo Day uh, will be a true freshman. Yep, um, came in uh, uh, Metro Detroit kid. Yeah, really, you know, I believe he was a four-star out of mm-hmm. uh, high school. If, if you love stars, and <laughs> um, you know, somebody that we no knock on him, I hope not to see for a couple of years. Yeah, I I think he is one of the more interesting experiments for the redshirt rule because oh. I mean, D'Antonio has always liked getting his young kids minutes, especially his quarterbacks. He's he's liked getting his quarterback snaps now. You're looking at I, it. It's interesting. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, again, I'm not. This isn't something it's I'm the excited for. Off season. I'm just saying that off. at some point, if you're up big on a team, if you're up big on Utah State, if you're up, you know, big in some random big new Rutgers. I don't know. I want to get Rocky though. Uh, I agree, but I'm just saying if things get out of hand, I won't be that shocked to see him come in, even if it's because D'Antonio will get to this level of thinking where he's playing 3D chess, baby. That's right. He'll get there where he says, if Rocky goes in and hands the ball off five times, he's been on the field in a Big Ten game, and he's at least he's been on the field. And it, and it and there's no harm in it. Yeah, it's five snaps. You think handing the ball off five times is going to benefit like Rocky Lombardi? I'd rather get Rocky some actual like well something that's, some PT. That's a good point. You know, we have seen you know just going off that. Uh, each transition year where we had a senior quarterback, we have seen uh, D'Antonio try and find series uh, for... Right. You remember all the way back to Andrew Maxwell got series. Dude, all the way back to, like, Brian Hoyer. Well, okay. <laughs> but in tra- I guess just, like, the transition year, I'm thinking yeah. um, we saw... Oh, gosh. Tyler O'Connor got series yep. after Connor Cook. Um, th- and when it was non-necessity, like when yeah. he... So, Damian Terry. Same thing. So he's always playing 3D chess. We'll never know. But So the quarterback position is is um, ideally in a pretty good shape, specifically at QB1. Uh, assuming health, yeah. Michigan State's got one of the best quarterback in terms of top top level. I mean, I, I don't know how you ask for anything a whole lot better than Brian Lord. Well, and, and we'll jump to wide receivers in a second, but he, there's a really interesting thing about him. He, you know, played, you know, I'm – I'm not going to become a Michigan fan and say, uh, you know, play, you know, rain, rain. Played in four rainstorms. Okay, and he still had to pick fantastic stats. Yeah. And then he also played in two games where there was no rain, and the offense sputtered. It was Iowa, you know, and mm-hmm. um, Indiana, where they scored 17 yep. points. So, like, the, obviously there's always room for improvement. Tons. Ho- hoping we start to get maybe a little more consistency. Um and maybe that consistency just starts with what fair weather. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I think when you see a quarterback go from his first full year starting to his second full year, I mean, talk about Connor Cook. I mean, look at the improvement he made. Yes, they won the Rose Bowl his sophomore year, but you know, he's still. T- if you look at his game to game performance, his soft, his junior yeah. and then his senior year yeah. before the injury, his senior year, 
I mean, it's a level of control. It's a level of comfort. And this year, again, he did, he he is in an advantageous position schedule-wise. He's in an advantageous position uh, comfort personnel-wise. You know, it, it's all there. Here's an interesting thought. Brian Lewerke played in four rainstorms last year. Terrible weather. <laughs> Kids from Arizona. Yeah, it's impressive. He's never dealt with that. Has he seen rain? Well, what, you know, we, had to, we had to like explain it to him. Listen, it's water. It's from the sky. Weird. You're gonna be fine. Don't freak out. Just don't lay down on the ground. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so wide receivers. So wide receivers. Fun. The guy that Brian Lewerke will hopefully be throwing the ball to. Uh, again, in terms of your starters, your top three, it's it's, it's gonna be tough to to ask for a lot more. I mean. The, the, the highlight of the offseason, not the highlight, but the, the headline of the offseason was Hunter rising, Lil Moon, Young Moon, uh, transferring to Kansas State. We've made fun of that enough. Yeah, we're, um, it's gone. So, I want to catch more balls. I'm going to go to the only school where they, in the Big 12 where they don't throw the ball. Anyways, I hope he does great there. But uh, what he did was leave the – I mean, where you can kind of understand him transferring – was when you look at the depth chart in front of him and you see the three guys in front of him and you see the guys sitting right behind him and you realize that he he was in a in a log jam. In terms of the top three well why and, just, and Tristan Tristan Jackson. Left. Tristan Jackson also left. Yeah, you're right. So really things got very clear very quickly. Very clear. Yeah, and you know when you look at wide receiver one, you've got Felton Davis. Mm-hmm. He of nine touchdown catches a year ago. Mm-hmm. He of multiple just acrobatic, mm-hmm. absurd catches. Um, again. The, his nickname, The Freak. The Freak, for good reason. Man. Um, great hair, great he's, receiver number. I mean, he's got, great name. He's got um, NFL scouts interested because um, not only of his amazing stat line, but, um, you know, he's he's been able to, to – if you see some of his catches, specifically his touchdown catches, they are they are pro catches, two yeah. feet down, like putting himself in a difficult situation. He had the one touchdown against uh, Northwestern in particular in the end zone that was that tied it up. Remarkable. His his diving catch against Penn State in the end zone. I mean, these were not all like wide open right. lobs. I mean, the guy earned them and. It's his size coupled with that is, is turning a lot of heads. I mean, he's as reliable a receiver as you're going to get. Um, so from from a QB one to wide receiver one, again, I mean, I challenge you to find me many better. I'm, I'm sure there are, there are, but I've, that's pretty damn good. Now, when you look at wide receivers two and three, I don't really know how you distinguish between the two, frankly. I think it's going to be really just by position, but you've got Daryl Stewart and Cody White. Yep. Uh, I mean, Daryl Stewart... It's kind of funny because Daryl Stewart started the year real hot. Yes, he did. Uh-oh. Ran Uh-oh. the ball, ran the ball a decent amount. Was kind of that gadget receiver. Struggled with drops, kind of in the second half, which yep. hopefully he'll he'll kind of get over. But um, he was the star of the first half, kind of out of nowhere. Yep. And then second half star Cody White absolutely nowhere. took off. And remember, Cody true had, freshman. And Cody had a tough, if I remember correctly, a tough beginning against what. Uh, Western Michigan, this first game, he fumbled, mm. I think, the first time. It was like a reverse. Yep. It was like, I, Yeah, it I, might I, just be a little too much, too yeah. much too soon. But and then he just came out of nowhere. Had some huge multi, games. A couple different 100-yard-plus He games. had a couple touchdowns in the bowl game, too, if I remember correctly. So you have Daryl Stewart, who um, might provide a little more wiggle. Sure. You know? And then you have Cody White, who might be um, um, the most complete wide receiver as far as top-end speed and 
what everything you want, and he is the youngest of the three. Scary. True sophomore. I mean, you're not only looking at the present, but you're looking at a little bit of the future here as well. It's it's exciting. I mean, that is that is a dynamic group of skill set that listen, MSU has had some really good groups of receivers. Oh, yeah. You've had the BJ Cunningham, Keyshawn Martin, and Keith Nickel years. I mean, you've had go all the way back to Mark Dell is a nice yeah. player. I mean, you've you've had and the then now we have NFL McGarrett, talent, McGarrett Kings, well, well, that whole group, Torbridge, Tony, well, now, Lippet, and Tony Lippet, and then in the NFL right now, um, playing on Sundays as uh, Benny Fowler, Aaron Burbridge. I mean, Burb, Burb, Burb was a stud. Well, yeah. look at the Rose Bowl year. You we had guys. We've we've had some guys. The Rose Bowl year was what? It was Burbridge, Fowler, Lippet, and McGarrett Kings. Woo! I mean, those are some dudes, and I'm not. Gonna I'll go. I'm not. Well, I just think top that this, season. if we're talking about top line talent and a top three, on the surface, this is strong. This is speculatively on on par. Close. So they can't play every down. So who no. else is going to see the field? They can't. Now this is where the two transfers kind of kind of come into play. Um, I think wide receiver four is. Ironically, is a name that people have been talking about, myself in particular, for three years, and that's Cam Chambers. Stop. Dude came in oh. as a true freshman, four star. Came in in that class that had the class. Uh, yeah, that had uh, Justin Lane in it, mm-hmm. Donnie Corley in it. And there was another receiver in that class too. Um, I it can't was remember. Tristan. It was Tristan Tugi. Um, all four star receivers, and lo and behold, Cameron or Cam Chambers is the is the one left standing. The other one's a best corner on the team, but. Um, He's uh, came in with a college body, came in ready to play physically, but just sort of struggled um, getting used to the speed of the college game. By all indications, he made some big progress this offseason, and I think um, while he is behind three really good players, MSU's not afraid to mix up their receiver playing groups, and he's going to get burnt. This might be a guy that if, if uh-oh starts to mm-hmm. hit those dropsies, you immediately have a plug and play. Oh, yeah. Um, and then a couple other guys, um, you may have seen one of them last year returning punts. Yeah, Larice, Lil Reese Nelson. He's a little guy. Yeah, but he's a, he's he's you want you said wiggle earlier. He's got wiggle. He's got some wiggle. He's got some jets too. Um, I think he's an interesting one because again of his size, MSU hasn't had many receivers of his his diminutive stature. I mean, he he is. If you don't remember from last year, he is in probably an even smaller Keyshawn Martin. I mean, he's five eight on his best days. Yep. If you're listed in college at 5'8", you're 5'7", not in your high heels. So this dude um, saw a lot of – found the field returning punts. Yep, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stays there this year. Uh, the punt returner situation we can get into later on another day, but uh, that one's wide open. But you, you saw him have some impressive returns. Now, all the way down the depth chart is kind of exciting. Like, there are two deep sleepers that – I will personally not be surprised if they have – well, it won't be a Cody White-ish second half because you've got too many – you just have too many guys in front of you. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you might see some big catches from two guys in particular. The first is C.J. Hayes. Three-star kid, flipped over as an athlete last year on signing day from Purdue. Uh, was the best recruit in Purdue's class, by the way. We flipped him over last year on signing day. Sorry about um, that. Sorry. Uh, but he is a big fella. He's a he's a hoss. He we love in, our uh, large sons. He's a six one two hundred plus. He's a he's a he's a beefcake, um, and he's a big physical receiver. They weren't sure where they were going to put him. Could have put him at linebacker. Could have put him at running back. But I guess he's kind of hit his stride uh, at wideout 
and he's got some hands apparently. And you listen, big body wideouts. You talked about Cam Chambers pushing the guys above him. I'm not going to be surprised if C.J. Hayes pushes Cam Chambers. And go ahead. Well, no, that's a great point. We have um, some really nice. As we, you talk about some freshmen coming in, who you we hear it every year where the coaches don't know where to put him. Right. You know, and and then finally, you know, it it clicks somewhere because they're. You know, in all sense of the word, we, we Michigan State has a way of, in the past 10 years, finding football players and then figuring out later. Figure it out later, right? Take talent. Tony Lippett. Take talent. Figure it out later. So Tony, right? Tony Lippett reminds me of the next guy, and that is Emmanuel Flowers. Mm-hmm. 6'3 kid out of California, um, was brought in again real late in the recruiting cycle last year. Um, again, not sure if he's going to end up at wideout. He's listed at wideout right now. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think he'll probably split time in camp. I'm sure he is right now because he plays a little bit of corner and D'Antonio likes to have guys versatile, ready to go. But 6'3", long arms, skinny dude, looks like Tony Lippett and Pats. Um, It'll be interesting. I mean, again, this top three is pretty locked in at receiver. But four through seven, which, yeah, I know seventh receiver, those guys play. Those guys Always. play at MSU. Those mm-hmm. guys play at a lot of places around the country. So um, that group is is very much up for grabs, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, I think Cam Chambers. This is you know, listen, this is your shot. Like if if, if you're talking to Cam Chambers in the locker room, you're like, listen, baby, this is your shot. Yep. This is your shot, baby. Get it. Go get it. But beyond him, five, six, seven, pretty up for grabs. So it's it's it, passing game though. Listen, last year we had no idea what to expect. This year, you got to feel, on paper, pretty decent about what you got coming back. Absolutely. So that was our QB receiver's position preview. Yes. Let us know if you disagree. Yeah, and uh, be sure to check out the only cover colors. Uh, we're gonna There will be written um, long form on each of the positions as well. Yes. Uh, units. So uh, new segment. Mm. Uh, I just want to help us out. You know, this segment is called Hashtag Disrespect. Mm. And you know... I bring it up because I was feeling like maybe, to steal a Tom Izzo phrase, we're getting a little too fat and sassy. <laughs> One of my favorite. My favorite <laughs> Tom Izzo-ism ever. Getting a little too fat and sassy. And, uh, you know, that came in the form of being ranked top 10. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, seeing a lot of accolades start being put on some lists. Yeah. We don't like that. Nah. No. Mm-mm. It's fun until it's not. Can't have it. In fact, because of that, I've tried to dig up some fresh batches of disrespect for yes. everybody. Mm. Get you back in the right mindset as we get into the, the uh, football season. That's so right. I'm going to try and give you a fresh batch each week, see what comes up. First batch here is from uh, our friends at ESPN. They had their college football preseason player rankings, had the top 50 on the board. 11 of the 50 came from the Big Ten. Four came from the University of Michigan, three from Ohio State, three from Wisconsin, one from Penn State, and nary a one from Michigan State. Nary a one. And you know what? Let's get into maybe who is on this list. Yeah. You you know, we could. We can. We should. Um, I think we should. Because I feel a little uh, disrespect. I feel a little bit disrespect. So again, let's just listen. If there's any MSU players listening to this, just like listen to these names and get really, really upset. Get mad. So um, we're going to concentrate specifically on a couple of the players from from that school down south. Um, Two names in particular appearing in the top 
not only the top 50, but the mm-hmm. top 25. Top 25! Should just make a top 25 shot. At number Whatever. 22, mm-hmm. we have Devin Bush. Sure. Linebacker. Heck of a player. Yeah. Very good player. Good player. Very good player. Um, you'll notice that, you know, that's the only linebacker from the state of Michigan that appeared on this list. Fact. However, However, we have a decent linebacker of our own who not only did not appear on the top 50 of ESPNs, also did not appear in the top 100 of Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. Disrespect. And that would be Joseph Bocci, the man who knocked down the Hail Mary at the end of the Michigan-Michigan State game. Among so, other things. That among other things that he's done. Interceptions, fumble recoveries, tackles, etc. General linebacker work. It's just, um, I just find it funny. As it's most, interesting. As most women hmm. in our life would say. I find it funny. I just find it funny that, <laughs> you know, that maybe Joe Bocci had better stats than Devin hmm. Bush. Hmm. And hmm. yet here we are. And fewer targeting penalties. Well, I think everyone is has less than Devin. Touche. So, another person in the top 25. Hmm. So now I jumped out at us. Mr. Shea Patterson. Seamus. Man. Haven't seen him in a while, and I think it was because um, not was because he got hurt, or was it because someone was better than him? Yeah, it was one of the two. One of the Some two. combination. But you know what? Put him on the top 25. Yeah, definitely better than Brian Lewerke. 100%. No question. Because Here, here's what we know. What Brian Lewerke can do, and here's what I don't know. Shea Patterson's ability. So mm. let's just throw him up there. I like it. Has to be better. I love it. Um, so... Two definitive answers here. Devin Bush, definitely better than Joe Bashi. Shea Patterson, definitely better than Brian Lewerke. We've, I'm glad we could get that out of the Pre-season way. Preseason lists are always correct. And I'm glad we could do this. Do you want to do the thing that hurt you? I'm going to do the thing that made me come just very close to tears. You, get, you got sad. It hurt me personally. Now, anybody who has, I don't know, followed me on Twitter or just generally inter- interacted with me on any Saturday or talked about Michigan State football with me in the past five years, 10 years, 20 years, maybe not that long, um, knows that one of my favorite players that we've ever recruited mm. was a young band by the name of Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. First thing everybody tends to know about Montez is he loves to smoke pot. He does. That led him out of East Lansing. And down to the other MSU, Mississippi State University, where he became a, I believe, first-team All-SEC defensive player a year ago at yeah. defensive end. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. about 6'6", 270, stud. Pass rusher extraordinaire would look so good in green and white right now. Don't beat he, yourself up. He checks in at number 45 on the list. Had nine mm-hmm. sacks a year ago, could have gone to the draft, decided to go back, wants to win another Egg Bowl. Uh and now Montez is in at number 45 in that list. I It makes me really sad that he's not at Michigan State doing this. It also makes me sad Craig Evans is not at Michigan State on these do lists. We don't have to do this. It's, it's okay. Uh, but I want Montez to be great. I want him to be a top 10 hey. pick. He has all the talent in the world, and I will always Nick Foles him and claim him as a spark. Hey, let's do it. The other patch of disrespect, uh, you know, Austin, you touched on it. SI, Sports Illustrated, also dropped their uh, preseason top 25. And in it, their top 100 players. 18 Big Ten players made their top 100 list. Michigan State landed one. LJ Mm. Scott at number 87. Around the league, Wisconsin landed five. Penn State landed one. Ohio State landed four. 
and Michigan landed six, and then Nebraska landed one. Sure. Six hmm. for Michigan. Hmm. 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 Makes you wonder. Makes you think. Makes you wonder if, uh, they should, they're if under- should Joe Bocce even be allowed to play? Well, I mean, why don't we just? I was thinking, if he's not on this list, what's the point? I was thinking we should just give him the trophy. I give mean, Michigan the trophy. Uh, should we even play the games? They have the most on the list. Why not? What's the point? I'm getting disrespected left and right, Austin. Mm, it's just no good. You know what? I like it though. Yeah, it feels that's why good. we're doing. It. We're gonna find some. This is gonna be a good segment. I think Ooh, we should do this every week. <laughs> man, I'm getting worked up just. Yeah, okay, all right. So there are some Spartans in the NFL. Yes, despite all the disrespect, and despite all <laughs> they've of the, used it. Yeah, they have used it to propel themselves onto thirty NFL training camp rosters. Well, so well, thirty of them have propelled themselves. There onto, it is. Yeah, okay, there's the words. Sure, thirty. And you know what we're going to do is, um, as the preseason games um, start to play themselves out, give you some updates on who's doing what, where, why, and hopefully and how. how they did it. Mm. But most likely, just what they did. Yeah. So um, we'll hit on that, but I thought that 30, man, that is a really good number. And we have almost fulfilled an NFL roster of talent. It's true. And you look at who's on the the field, we don't have to go through the names, but we have a player at almost every position, including four quarterbacks. Four quarterbacks, three tight ends, which is really interesting because if you were to, honestly, if you were to like go through this, if you just went through like the, the who you thought Every year watching Michigan State, who are the NFL guys? What's the position group you thought would make it the most? I have a feeling quarterback and what, tight end? And then I guess now technically running back. I don't think you would think those are necessarily the top ones. Running back, maybe. Yeah. And actually, since we're talking about running backs, um, newest addition to the NFL family today, Uh huh. Gerald Holmes. Hashtag Team Holmes. Anybody listening to this podcast for multiple years knows I have been a stand for Team Holmes. Team Holmes. He's got a shot with the Seahawks, I believe. Yeah. Um, Going to be interesting. I mean, it could just end up being a training camp invite. They did draft Rashad Penny, and they do have – oh, my gosh, who's the other kid they have? They have another good Rolls. back. No, not Thomas Rawls. Is he still there? No, no. Whatever. He's a bum. He was never good. <laughs> <laughs> Central Michigan guy. Hey, yeah. Chip. Fire up. Yeah. Well, and then he's transferred from Michigan. That's not. Nah, chip. He's a chip. That's not. So uh, that is our... We will get back to football, but they're in our Q&A section. Yes. One of the questions we got... Yes. I guess this is all q Well, yeah. Let's just... I mean, listen. Every week... We want to do this every week. I want to do Q&A every week. So Mailbag bad. Q&A. So we definitely encourage you guys. Like, tweet at us at any time. Yeah. Randomly, day or night. We'll answer questions. Sports related. Anything related. We want to you know, interact with you guys and, and, and talk about the stuff that you want to hear us talk about. So so one of the questions we got was, hey, what's going on with college basketball recruiting? Yeah. Let us know who's on the board, who we're looking at, and maybe a little profile of each. So sure. um, let me take a quick walk through these, okay? Let's see. So um, in 2019, we have 10 scholarship offers out, on the bo- out amongst the country right now. Indeed. Um, I'm going to just walk through from point guard through center who's on the board. The first guy, Josiah James, point guard, five star. Mm-hmm. This dude is the almost undisputedly the number one point guard of the nation. He's got offers from everyone that matters. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that was upsetting to me. <laughs> this dude is a point guard. He is 6'6", 198. Mm. 
I mean, that is absurd for a pro point yeah. guard. That's, That's an absurd pro point guard. You know what they guard. call that? Length. He got length. So Josiah um, has us on his, right now his big board list. He's, he's fielding a lot of offers. I do believe he is an alum, but or not an Let's alum, see. but a, a, a legacy, if I, if I recall correctly. So, um, every, like we mentioned, everyone who you've ever heard of is knocking on his door. So he, But he is definitely a um, high-profile recruit. Mm-hmm. And keep going down the list. We have, we've been talking about this guy for a while, Rocket Watts. Yeah. Shooting guard. He's the number one player in Michigan. Right now he has over 20 scholarship offers. Um, a lot of people believe it's just between us and Michigan. Or at least yeah. we are the leaders. We, both schools have been on him because he's a Michigan guy for a long time. Uh, 6'1", 175 shooting guard. Um, we have just been... He felt like a guy that we had wanted. He has been a um, high-priority guy yeah, for his own for a long time. I still feel as though he is he is that way. I mean, MSU is kind of in the market for guards. Mm-hmm. So they've recruited several, a lot of forwards recently. So A recent shooting guard that kind of came out of nowhere with an offer from Michigan State uh, was a kid named Chase Hunter. He's uh, from Georgia. We haven't gone down there for basketball since, uh, let's see, Chris Allen. And wow. Yeah, name drop. Wow. So, <laughs> Owen Wilson? He sure was. Kid 6'3", 180. Um, his, he's a three-star, but all of a sudden his top five list is really nice. Out of, he has a Clemson, uh, Georgia, Oklahoma, Virginia, and Michigan State offer, and those are, in fact, his top five. Hmm. So um, he's kind of come on really of late. Uh, we'll see if he takes advantage of that offer and just, like, takes it really yeah. quick. We mentioned we probably only, if, or, if I didn't say this already, probably only have two scholarships yep. available depending on if everyone comes back next year. Now that is totally um, to be seen, but also um, we got to feel relatively comfortable saying that. Well, and, yeah, but, today, correct. But the NCA has a new rule that was just put out today mm. that allows underclassmen to enter the draft, participate in the combine and then return to school if they go undrafted. So that could make That's things pretty interesting. V interesting. Uh, a combo guard, Harlan Beverly, four-star out of Detroit, 6'4", 190. Um, he, has a, he has a top seven, and that includes us in Michigan, who appear to be towards the top of his list. Um, we've been on him uh, a little more recently than the other ones, but he has been come on of late um, as his profile has risen with his AAU performances. Mm-hmm. This next guy has been a high priority for years. Yes. Keon Brooks. Stud. Five-star stud. 6'6", 186, uh, small forward. Um, we have been in his top 10, which he created, I believe, last month. Um, he's cutting it to five this month. And some interesting breaking news about him. He will be transferring from his high school in Fort Wayne to uh, La Lume. And we have some history with La Lume. We sure do. A young man by the name of Jaron Jackson Jr. It'd be cool if he maybe made a phone call. Yeah, uh, there's another kid from La Lou we should talk about. Well, yeah, go ahead, jump in. Uh, Center Isaiah Stewart, six uh, nine, two forty, generously lifted, listed at two forty five, number two center in the country. Um, Forty one offers. Yeah, that's dirty. He's good. That's insane. He has very long arms. Um, he's sort of like, honestly, he's a little Jaron light. Um, I'm not overly, yeah, not overly familiar with this game, but just based on the dimensions, he's got MSU in his top ten, 41 offers. He's being recruited by everybody. Um, I feel as though you know maybe get you know Keon ending up at Lalu 
it's not the worst thing in the world for Michigan State. Well, it makes it easier to recruit. Yeah, I mean, these guys are getting recruited by everybody. I know Keon's got, you know, Indiana and Kansas and Duke all in his ear, so plenty of kids, call, plenty of schools calling. But mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that they're both ending up How the same place. How stacked is Lowry? I mean, that's just that's a joke. Disgusting. I would not want to play them. Um, one kid out of Arizona <clears throat> who at first was a surprise, and then you understand that he uh, is originally from Flint, Terry Armstrong, yes, small forward. He's a four-star, six-six, about one eighty-five. We made his top ten. Um, that is a guy that um, we've kind of been working that Flint angle for yep. a while. Um, guys, were going to get you know a lot of the usual suspects, but a little more in the West um, for Terry. A new guy. This was fairly recently as well. A four-star out of Texas, power forward Drew Timmy. Timmy. Time. Tim. Timmer. Yeah. Four star six nine two ten. Um, we're in his top ten. This is a this is a guy. Maybe we're just trying to fulfill our, our Matt McQuaid hey man. quota. He's got a smooth game. I'll say I watched some of his film and he surprises me with how complete his game is. He actually reminds me of uh, the uh, the kid at Texas right now. I can't remember his name, but he he's another he's another white guy with blonde hair and he okay. wears a headband and he's got a smooth like little multi dimensional game. So I kind of like Drew Tim. So the last guy, uh, rounding out the top ten. Oh, how could I forget? How could I forget? Oh, yeah. Vernon Carey. Sheesh. Number one player in the country. You may have Five stars, 6'10", 275, NBA ready today. We're in his top six. A lot of people feel like he might be leaning toward Duke. Um, we'll see where that goes. But we, Tom Izzo has been on him long before he was number one in the country. Mm-hmm. So we've been on the come up with him. The last guy is a center, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, five-star center from Indiana, and we made his top six. A lot of movement. A lot yeah. on the board. Very true. Don't expect a lot of these guys to necessarily um, commit anytime soon. Sometimes what you, well, you may. We Silly season. Rome, we saw Romeo uh, do it to DePaul. Um, so it could happen. A lot of these officials that probably will be coming up will likely coincide with MSU football home games. Yep. And then hopefully after that, there are some triggers pulled. Yes, absolutely. And then some maybe some more officials uh, yeah. come basketball season. Two more guys uh, that we've offered for 2020. Uh, Trey Galloway, a shooting guard, and Jabri Abdul-Rahim, a small forward. Um, this is a little too far out for me. Fantastic names. Amazing names. Trey and Jabari, or yeah. Jabri. Yeah. Sheesh. It's good stuff. So, um, so there you go. Uh, that is there. that is for you, Um Mattis Grants. That was that was submitted by Mattis Grants. So, so we'll keep we'll keep a, our you know finger to the pulse on things that happen. Obviously, um, we'll be all over any commits, but especially if you know we start to see some of these lists get cut, maybe yep. those will be addressed. We'll give you the updates. Addressed. We're always here for the updates. All right, now I want to do the uh, upper deck jerk guy oh. section Uh-oh. of the Q and A. Did you get a lot? Uh, he gave me about seven. You know who you are. Um, first question, how has the podcast improved since Chris Vanini moved on? Listen, we miss Chris. We wish, we wish Chris nothing but the best, but I feel like we're doing a pretty good job. I think he'd say the same thing. Uh, we talk about the hot hand a lot, so I feel like he'd like that. Um, (laughs) are you fearful that Upper Deck Pod will come back and take your listeners? You won't do it, cowards. Um, (laughs) what does the C stand for in Austin C. Smith? It's Charles, as a matter of fact. Chaz. Could be Chaz. Whatever you want to call me is fine. Uh, Chuck. 
is John is John related to Jack Kirby? John, care to care to comment? I don't have a, anyone that I know of. No, he sure isn't. Um, what's the next? The last one is, and I like this one. What will the name of the next trick play be? Mm. Hmm. Heave. Heave. Oh, <laughs> could be heave. Um, I was sort of thinking xylophone for no real reason beyond it sort of stands out as, an, as a word. It's one of the more fun instruments to play yeah. and say. Or haberdashery. I think you're onto something. <laughs> the multi-syllables. <laughs> if it was up to me, it would be the most complex words possible. What's, so, what's our next question? There's your answer. Those yeah, there you go, UDJG. You're, you're welcome. Any um, others? Who, oh, who starts... Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll finish with an... Well, we got one more after this. This is actually... Two more. Two more. Jeez Louise. All right. Who starts at money? So, money. Linebacker position. Vacated by Chris Frey a year ago. With the Carolina Panthers. Currently with the Carolina Panthers. Um, This is an interesting one. There's a couple different names being floated around. I am... Now, this is before our linebacker preview, mind you. Um, I am... uh, I'm going to say... Tyreek Thompson. Okay. The reason is he's an upperclassman. You've heard a lot of good things about him now. You know, sometimes uh, coaches will blow smoke um, to an upperclassman to get them motivated, get them competing against the young guys. But uh, he's a little more complete as a linebacker than uh, Brandon Randall, who seems like more of a pass rusher and who who didn't rush the passer particularly well last year. So um, that'll be interesting. Also, Antoine Simmons appears stuck at the star. Uh, you know, he's he's a – I mean, the word is correct. I think he's a star as well. I think he's going to be very, very good. But he appears to be locked behind Andrew Dowell on the depth chart. Still think he plays a lot. Saw him play a ton down the stretch last year. Mm-hmm. But um, my money's on Tyreek right now. It could change. But uh, if, I'm, if I'm a betting man today, it's on Tyreek. If I was on Family Feud and mm. you did that, my response would be, Good answer. Good, Good answer. answer. Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. A uh, couple more questions. Let's see. Uh, some actually really long-form answers. Yeah. I'll try and go quickly on them. Um, one was, how would we increase attendance at football games sans adding beer? Sans adding beer. I will say, I think that's a great way to do it. But to the point that, hold on, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the name. Uh, David Bernier, 94. Uh, to the point that David made, um, if you're MSU's new GM, what would you do to increase sales at the football games? Everyone throws out the serve beer idea, but I don't really see that being a factor in getting people to the game. I agree, David. Um, John, you crunched the numbers here a little bit. This is sort of your realm. Let me jump. As in. This is your profession. Let me jump in. So uh, let's let's uh, let's let's set the table. 2017 attendance at Michigan State was down by over 2,182 per game. Um, some would argue that weather had a lot to do with it. Okay, um, That's good for 72,485 people per game. That's 19th best in the nation, 6th best in the Big Ten. Overall attendance in FBS football games dropped by 1,409 people per game across the nation. It's not just a Michigan State problem. This is a national problem. So my answer is, it's all about fan experience. And if beer is the answer, maybe it's the answer. But I think maybe what Michigan State should take a step back and look at is say, what are our positive differentiators? Let's amplify them. Who is our greatest opportunity? And who are the people with the longest 
customer lifetime value. And students. those people are not just students, but young professionals, or perhaps more specifically, young alumni. So let's take a look at their obstacles. Money. Okay. You may have the ticket. That may have cost a bunch of money. People like money. People like the idea of not having to spend an arm and a leg at a game. Mm. Everyone feels that. So now think back to when you were in college. Mm, and, I'd rather not. You know, from a financial standpoint, <laughs> I'd rather not. Uh, otherwise, I, I definitely would. <laughs> so I'm just sad. a suggestion would be to deeply discount recent alumni tickets, which I know they already do for season tickets, but I mean even take it a step further. And you that will, can help you fulfill the student section at any time because of the allocation given. Additionally, consider student concession pricing options. So we talked about having to spend a dollar or an arm and a leg. Consider like the NBA and other NFL stadiums are doing reasonable pricing with pretzels, sodas, etc. Um, I know everyone wants to carry the buzz on through halftime. It's true. I don't know how realistic it is. So instead, maybe you grab uh, something else that's a realistic price option. It's not for everybody. I understand Michigan State has to make its bank somewhere. But if you have a student ID, potentially that's where you get uh, concession breaks. What if you still have your student ID from like 2007? Oh, <laughs> okay, great. Another issue. Think about who you're marketing to. You want students to stay at the game and young professionals to stay at the game, young alumni. It's all about the second screen. How are you helping their phone experience? I understand that um, putting Wi-Fi throughout an entire stadium is a difficult task when you're only doing it seven or eight times a year. But I'm telling you right now that if you do not do that, you will continue to have these problems. People want to text. People want to talk. People want to Snapchat. People Pe want to tweet. People want to... Austin wants to tweet. I want to tweet. <laughs> and, and even more so, people want uh, updates from other games, updates for what's happening on the field, st real-time statistics. You have to fulfill that want and need because that's something that people get to have on their couch. Another thing to consider, phone batteries. They die. Have mm. power ch chargers throughout the concourses. And... Maybe throw in a little extra for the students who maybe uh, bought season tickets. Give them a power charger. Mm. More Now you don't portable? have a portable power charger. Like now you that. don't have a reason not to come to the game. Finally, the last thing, the game experience itself. What, what, you can't, what Michigan State necessarily can't do is spend more money on the game experience. They are doing it every Saturday, and it's fantastic for everyone. What you can do is pressure your sponsors to have uh, in and around uh, stadium experiences that are activated so that people even have a better um, experience overall. So, for example, you could have tailgating opportunities sponsored by Chipotle. What? Ooh. Free food for people? That'll get students to come. Free the dairy store ice cream? Free things. Mm -hmm. Tchotchkes. Everyone loves mm. them. You have to provide an experience in and around the stadium that lures them in like a moth mm. to a flame Indeed. and then gets them in the stadium before a kickoff. Otherwise, you're just hoping that kids just you know, stop the kegger at 11.45 and start to walk in, that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, just, you're just, right. These are just at the top of the top of that. Yeah, I totally agree. Let us know what you guys think would help. Yeah, what do you think would do it? I mean, let's use this as a brainstorm. And well, and tell us, what would get you to come to the stadium? And maybe it's not for season tickets, it's just for maybe one game. And maybe you have to think to yourself, well, it's a long drive. And I don't know if it's all worth it. Then Bullet what train. Would, what would make it worth it? Or have Elon Musk get on it? Yeah. Let's get that little submarine. All right, man. Um, okay. 
last one. Um, this one is from our our good friend Noah Isaac. This was a hot topic. Uh, this this I, I gotta say we got a lot of tough hitting you know hard hitting questions. This one uh, this one was tough. But uh, John, I'm gonna leave it to you. Well, what was the question? Well, what are our boys' chances of winning the big game? Oh, oh wow! I know. There's a reason I wanted you to answer. Like a percentage chance? Well, I mean, listen. What are our boys' chances of winning the big game? All right. Well, it's tough for me to say, but if I were to give a prediction, it's dependent on if uh, Urban Meyer is coaching. Hmm. Okay. That's the big game. That's right? the big. Well, listen. They're just the big game. Just they're all the big game. Well, the, that's the big every game. game's the big game. That's the big game. Ohio State's the big game. Mm, yeah, we're playing for something. We play that. Um, I'm gonna say if they. Uh, you know, eat a big pasta dinner the night before, rest up, drink some milk. They're going to be fine. If the boys work hard. That's right. Do what we think they can do. Yep. Coach gets them in the right gear. Mm. Listen to your coaches. Study hard. <laughs> and and, uh, and with that we conclude another episode of The Only Podcast. Um, thanks for playing along, guys. Uh, we're excited to be back. I know I speak for John here, but we're we're very excited to be back on the weekly grind, um, talking talking to Michigan State. So as always, um, you know, tweet us day or night, whatever you want to hear, whatever you want to talk about. We're so close, guys. We're we close. are. We're there. Just uh, just keep that seatbelt on for a little longer. Um, so for John Kirby, this has been Austin Smith. Uh, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.